y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 28, Sex Appeal. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. And also on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. And don't forget this month, June 24th, I will be at the Street Art Expo here in Astoria, Queens. For more information, go to streetartexpo.com. Uh, you can find me at the Artist Alley. I'll be sketching, signing, and selling original art as well as launching my new merchandise. Uh, you can see some of my merchandise right now on cortezmyc.bigcartel.com. And let's get on with this. Carla, you get ready to get romantic? I'm always ready. <laughs> I'm always romantic. Ya iba a decir, soy latina, I'm always romantic. No, iba a decir eso. Pues claro que sí. But I'm always ready. <laughs> um, Alright, so romanticism and I think we're going to end up in eroticism as well because... Um, When I started researching romantic art, it, it good old Wikipedia threw me into romanticism, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily that it's romantic art, what we consider romantic art, meaning, you know, uh, of a sexual nature or of a, you know, partner type of nature, man and woman, even man and man, woman, woman. Yeah. And it's not even relationship romanticism. Romanticism talks about the individual. Mm -hmm. um, It's associated with an art movement uh, back in the 1800s that is um, more about almost like, I want to say like romanticism is almost like dreaming, like being a dreamer. Oh, yeah. Like trying to make everything look beautiful and wonderful in a way, like trying to fantasize almost like about fantasize. the reality. Yes. Trying to make the reality feel better. It wasn't that much about love between a couple, but more about love towards everything else that was happening around. And, and, and ideal. And, and mm -hmm. specifically nature. It seems that nature is something that is... There's a romance between the man and nature mm -hmm. in, in romanticism. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just quickly here, a uh, quick definition. It says romanticism was characterized by its emphasis on emotion mm. and individualism, as well as glorification of all the past and nature, preferring medieval art over the classical. Uh, it was partly a reaction to the Industrial Revolution. So the fact that in the 1800s, I guess, there was an Industrial Revolution and you know, society started getting busier and more work-related and more city and urban-related and, I guess, capitalist and things like that, I guess that drew people to be more romantic in art. Yeah, that's and what I was going to say, that it was like a breakthrough from being so focused on maybe science and everything um, that is empirical right. towards something more emotional yes. and sentimental. Yeah, I think so. 
I'm not an art historian, <laughs> but Wikipedia no. helps. And yeah. I, I, I'm getting the picture. I'm getting the gist of what romanticism probably the movement was. Yeah, and, and I mean, these definitions and ideas we have also is because when we go to school and we study, it doesn't matter if it's literature or arts, and you study those different periods, it's, everything is like a breakthrough. When, when it had been going for a long time, people needed like a break. Kind of like uh, pushing back against what was going on at the time with the social sciences and the natural sciences. So as, as society was trying to learn more and categorize more about nature mm -hmm. and the world around us, mm -hmm. you know, there was a movement of artists trying to romanticize nature and bring it back. They were trying to go against that conservatism, you know, of, of looking at, uh, at the world um, around them. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping that I was going to find a definition that was going to talk about romantic art being something about couples because I just imagined uh -huh. that. Because when you think about romantic art, you think about romantic music and romantic right. movies. Right. So that's where I think this conversation is going gonna, gonna to fork out into a branch out in a couple of different directions. Um, we start with romantic, the theme of something romantic, and, run, and we end up in romanticism for visual art. Um, I think right now there's a romanticism when I... In myself, when I say, you know, I'm a graphic artist, I work all day in graphic art, commercial art, you know, graphic design. And then I romanticize graffiti because I make it like that's that's my free art, right? Yeah. That's my time to just go and express myself and it's uncontrolled and it shouldn't uh -huh. be controlled. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a sense of pushback in, and, within me, right? A rebellious. And without thinking about the effort that it takes for you to do it like for you is uh, a sense of freedom but at the same time it's not that freedom because you are tiring <laughs> yourself too exactly so it's looking at that at it with a different lens yeah so i mean i guess that there's a romanticism there and i think maybe maybe there is a still that movement out there of people who will say well you know look at all the pop art and look at all the modern art and all that and everything's all like deep and conceptual i'd rather just be more emotional with my art or i'd rather be more uh spontaneous with my art i don't want to be so tied down to these uh philosophical or you know deep concept high mm -hmm. high art concepts yeah you know um all right so that's that's like romanticism if we look at it that way if we look for it as far as music romantic uh, usually when i think of romantic music i think of ballads and i think of like little piano like like loungy pianos mm -hmm. stringed instruments guitars romantic guitar and yeah. things like that like nobody says romantic music and they think of a i don't know a drum or something they don't really associate a drum with romance right no yeah romance is usually the melody and you think about the like the high notes and something light something uh-huh yeah um so yeah i mean in romantic music i would say ballads things like that not all ballads are love songs mm -hmm. um so I, i did a quick search and i said well let me let me look for love songs right love songs is not going to give you what you want to see because <laughs> i'm sure a lot of the love songs that you see pop music love songs mm -hmm. you know you're going to find the typical ones uh, whitney houston i will always love you right taylor swift love story elvis presley can't help falling in love just you know beyonce 
Love yeah. on Top, Rihanna, <clears throat> We Found Love. You're going to find pop songs because that's what's being marketed mm-hmm. as romance in music. Is mm-hmm. Romantic music is love songs, love pop songs. But I think there is a romantic element to music when even in an instrumental can sound romantic if the melody tends to float around yeah, yeah. and inspire some sort of dream in you, right? Yeah. I guess... I guess that's part of it, the it's, dream. Yeah, it's like very... The, the sound of the music is very dreamy and it's very... Uh, I don't know, it makes you think romantically. <laughs> when you listen to... We're really using that word romantic in a broad <laughs> way, right? <laughs> I don't know, I guess um, it puts you in a mood yeah. that is more towards thinking about maybe love and it doesn't have to be love with a partner but maybe like love in general yeah it it makes your feelings more vulnerable the romantic visual to this music would be like a painting of two couples uh-huh. holding each other or, or a lonely woman somewhere like staring off into the into the sunset you know things like that that are supposedly romantic that's the painting that would go with the romantic right. music right. or a couple dancing or holding each other, whatever. But mm-hmm. that's very commercial. <laughs> that's a commercial concept of, rom- of romance, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's what we have been sold. Yeah. And that's what we think. Let's go through the list first and uh-huh. then we'll talk about what, what is our memories of a romantic song or a romantic movie. Uh, when you look at romantic movies... Romantic movies tend to be love stories. Yeah, the one that stands out, you know, you have Titanic mm-hmm. as a romantic movie. You have Pretty Woman. You have Casablanca. You have When Harry Met Sally. You have The Notebook. The Notebook is a classic Yeah, The one Notebook that, is like... That's everybody's. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. You have um, Dirty Dancing. You have Brokeback Mountain. That's a new one, which deals with a, a homosexual relationship but that's a that's a new one to that category when that came out that was 2005 mm. but um that is a love story i mean when you watch it whether you are gay or not you definitely feel the romance in it it's it's, mm. rom- it's got a romantic element it's got two people longing for something dreaming for something mm-hmm. that they can't have i mean it's also men in nature also because they're up in nature but i'm just making a connection <laughs> Uh, in old 80s, won't say anything. Um, Sleepless in Seattle. Got some really old ones here, but um, oh, Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind. That's a great example of what I would consider a romance, <laughs> but it's got a twist and it's weird and it's like not exactly. necessarily. That's a crazy it's not. Romance. It's not a romance. It's not a love story like you would consider a real love story, but mm-hmm. it is a romance movie. Mm-hmm. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. But yeah, so. I guess when you when you look for romantic movies, you end up again with a lot of the Hollywood stereotype. Um, oh, they have Before Midnight on here for that. That's a really good one. That's a romantic movie. It's a romantic movie that that has a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're associated usually when you think of romantic movies, you think of foreign films. People have always associated with foreign films, but all I'm seeing here on these lists are American films. Yeah. Um, but you do associate it more with like a foreign film. I mean, but I'm a little bit younger and the movies that I used to watch that they were American and that it was like my style, it was like um, romantic comedies. Rom-com. They are a fairy tale 
all the stories like the princess diary they're such a fairy tale they present the story so simple um the couple falling falls in love and then they have like some kind of trouble but then they go back together and at the end everybody is happy yeah i feel that it created an ideal in young girls about romance and the way it is that it's not true and then when you get hit with reality it's like oh like almost like a fairy tale like the old Disney fairy tales like that. Yeah, 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 like the princess movies and all that. I know. I mean, I'm seeing here also uh, Punch Drunk Love, <laughs> which is a crazy movie. Hmm. It's a great movie, actually. I think that's a really well done movie. But um, Punch Drunk Love is under romance, and it is kind of like a romance, but it's it's got other elements also in it. Uh-huh. Um, when I think of romantic movies, I think that the best ones are the ones that make you feel for the journey of the two people trying to find each other and even if at the end they don't they don't they aren't able to be together you still feel that romance right and i think it's that dream of being together mm-hmm. that creates that romance in the movie and that yeah. makes it that longing and that daydreaming and then i guess it still ties into the original definition that we found for romanticism which is this escape and yeah. this kind of like leaving the norms and the conventions yeah um all right but then another element to this romantic stuff romantic movies romantic music romantic visual art is that it can end up involving two people and it ends up involving sex so you end up with erotic movies mm-hmm. there's a so there's a part where when you talk to people and you say romantic art they will also make the leap into you mean erotic art because mm. they assume that it leads into erotic art yeah so when i think of erotic art i mean there's a good example, um, the artist Egan Schiel. He was a protege of Gustav Klimt. And Egan Schiel, his style is very twisted. Mm-hmm. Like his cartoony style, because it's, it's all very warped and, and um, the figures, everybody looks very uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. But the, it is erotic because everybody's like naked and in an uncomfortable, but in a almost like you're spying on them kind of way. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I know that it, it's, it was controversial. His art was always controversial because of the nudes and everything. But when I, say, when I think erotic art, and somebody says erotic art, like visual art, this guy's stuff pops into my head right away because I guess it's just the fact that it's erotic art that is, it makes, it makes me a little uncomfortable. Right. You know what I mean? It's not erotic art like porno. It's erotic art like yes it is erotic i don't know something about it is erotic and yet it's not mm-hmm. so attractive uh-huh yeah you know because what I, mean? I, I yeah i just saw some pictures of his pieces and he, he's not making up the perfect body and the perfect body naked or the perfect body naked touching themselves or anything it's just a weird type of body right like without a a real form yeah egan, egan shio you guys look him up egan shio he's he's an example of erotic art that it stayed in my head mm-hmm. that i'm sure it, you know i've seen exhibits of his and all that and i'm sure that he's gonna his legacy is gonna continue uh, but it's not pornographic but at some time at some point people felt it was pornographic yeah i was going to say that i understand why people might um confuse or jump from romantic art into erotic art and it's because 
like when we have gone to the museums and we see all these figures, they're naked, like, right. like the sculptures and the paintings, they're naked female bodies. Right. But for me, that's more romantic art because they're in a in a position and, and their shape and the way that they're on the paintings is so beautiful that they look pretty, but they don't look erot um, erotic. Erotic. Yeah, they're like they're like dreamy. Yeah, like I would I would associate the erotic art that I'm talking about from Egan Shiel. If I was gonna make the jump over to erotic movies, I would associate it with a movie called Secretary. And I um, yeah, that's from 2002. Mm-hmm. Secretary is kind of like a it's kind of like the precursor to six. Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's the good version of Fifty Shades exactly. of Grey that came before Fifty Shades of Grey. But Secretary is a movie that has romance in it to mm-hmm. a certain extent. It's a love story mm-hmm. in a way. It is a love story, and it's also got a sense of weirdness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's got it's got elements that make you can make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but it's all if you if you look at the story objectively just like you know from a third person from a from an outside perspective you just look at this lifestyle that they're portraying you can understand where this is a love story and you can understand how this is a a story about two people finding each other two mm-hmm. people that are meant to be together finding each other um another other movies that you see here under the, the title of erotic you have the old movies like wild orchid and um body of Ed- evidence uh, fatal attraction which already right there tells you it's, mm-hmm. a, it's erotic, but it's it's a, it's a thriller, it's a drama. Right. Uh, ending up in a horror. You have Irreversible as an erotic movie, which Irreversible is a tragic movie. Uh, um, you have Eyes Wide Shut, which is not romantic. Not at all. At all. And it's erotic, sort of, I guess. It has a lot of nakedness in it and a lot of sex, but it's I think it's, it's more weird. about the fantasy that fantasy. you have... Because the way that the movie is shot is all like magical realism style, where everything is happening in reality, but that world that he is becoming part of and that he went into without knowing he was going into it, yeah, feels like it's out of the reality that he's living. Because they mix a lot his real life with the wife and the child yeah and then he's going into this crazy place and somehow they are both connected yeah so yeah eyes wide shut is definitely one that people it's still in the pop culture now people still talk about a lot Mm -hmm. yeah um all right so i mean for you what was what was a romantic if i say romantic art to you what do you imagine what pops into your head well, more than anything, music, songs. Um, when I was growing up, it was Luis Fonsi, Luis Fonsi, the Despacito guy. Uh, <laughs> Back in the day, he when a, he started. He was romantic. He was ballads. romantic ballads. Um, Shakira, she was one of the first romantic because she had ballads and rock and soft songs. Um, and then now, Cani uh, Garcia, which is a, a Puerto Rican songwriter and singer, and Paula Alboran, a Spanish singer. His stuff is good. I yeah. Like, like, I I always liked those type of songs. Oh, Sin Bandera also. Sin Bandera uh, is a, was a Mexican 
group made up of uh, Mexican and Argentinian songwriter and singers. And they were like the top in uh, songs that will make you cry and they'll make you feel so emotional. So I always like those type of songs. I don't know why, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, for me, love songs. Yeah, I would say romantic art. I would think immediately I would jump to love songs, love songs mm -hmm. and, and movies. And for love songs, I would say, man, like salsa. There's a lot of salsa songs that really get me. Yeah. You know, like that they make me tear up. Yeah. If I really, really pay attention <laughs> to the lyrics, I get really choked up uh -huh. more than any American or English ballad. You know, if it's if it's in Spanish, it just gets me in the feels. Mm -hmm. um, and if, I mean, as far as ballads, I know that like some of the romantic singers like uh, Seal, mm. you know, he's, he did some really good songs back in the day. And uh, Sting, like that kind of jazzy yeah, yeah. voice and that kind of tone well, definitely puts me in that mm -hmm. mind frame that, you know, that sentimental, you know, mind frame. Yeah. Well, one song and singers that I discovered with you, um, it was Shade. Shade, right. Shade, she, like, I, I didn't know about her. And then I got to, to know her music and the songs. And I feel like she's not only romantic, but it's also kind of erotic in a way. Yeah. The way she sings, the videos, the way she will act yeah. on live um live concerts yeah live shows and also there was this um the song comeback comeback um man i forgot the singer i've been wishing out oh today, uh, better. yeah really? that song is very sad but it's a romantic song <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's where you cross over from the regular ballads to a song that can feel and romantic because it's touching that yeah. emotion that makes you long for something yeah and i and i didn't know about that song until you showed it to me and then i tried to sing it and i read the lyrics and i was like wow this is very sentimental and i tried to sing it and i actually feel very emotional about it yeah So I guess we both agree that love songs with the word love in it don't always work. Yeah, no, no, definitely. It doesn't have to be like that. Um, yeah, romantic songs don't have to say love, don't have no. to say corazón. No, no, no. I mean, it can be something more emotional, like into your feelings, yeah. maybe an experience, uh, singing about something that happened or that you wish it will happen but not necessarily has to say love, love and i love you and yeah, instead of yeah. the other and also by the same token romantic movies don't have to have a couple mm -hmm. that is like madly in love with each mm -hmm. other in order for it to be romantic exactly yeah all right guys go fall in love Separa menos tiempo. Un, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez, dos. All right, culture talk. Culture talk. Culture talk. So, what are we talking about this culture talk? So, we're gonna be talking about Latinos and Latinas being perceived as exotic and sexy and just, yeah, beautiful and everything else spicy well, 
Spicy, yeah, spicy. Um, all right, yeah. So we we were playing around with the subject because we we were talking when we were talking about stereotypes. We came across this whole thing about the stereotype of the romantic mm -hmm. Latino or the spicy Latina and crazy Latina, crazy too. Latina, and all this kind of stuff. And we were like, damn, that really is a stereotype that we kind mm -hmm. of don't realize. Partially, I guess, because a lot of actresses and actors play into it yeah they play into the stereotype mm -hmm. so it kind of makes it seem like we're playing along even when they're not in a character for a movie or tv right. show when they're acting as their normal selves they are part of the stereotype because they are actually acting like that, that. yeah yeah um and so i mean the stereotype you guys are probably familiar with it you know Latinos are romantic, Casanovas, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, they'll they come in to a room, the guitar starts to play, <laughs> and they give you a look. Yeah, dark, exactly. Dark eyed, piercing, yeah. piercing stare, and uh -huh. they, they hypnotize you with their look. And they're straightforward and yeah. all that. And they have the accent, and it's like they sound like they are coming to come to talk to you. Exactly. <laughs> And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, so you have the Latino, the Latino like that, like he's a Casanova and he's a uh, Mr. Gonna come in, the, ma the macho who's gonna come in and sweep you off your feet and steal you away. And then you have the Latina, mm -hmm. which is the spicy arriba, you know, wild. Spicy, crazy, wild. Um, she's good. At, they, everybody thinks she's good in bed. She's exotic um she's beautiful she's curvy she has big tits and perfect body but but she's uncontrollable exactly so so you have these two cartoons that can't get along exactly. that's the, that's the thing that is weird to me it's like you have the the stereotype of the latina mm -hmm. you have the stereotype of the latino and because of these stereotypes they can't get along exactly people that are not Latino want that stereotype of the Latina and people that are not Latino, you know, want that stereotype of the Latino. Mm -hmm. they, they want, they want that, like they are, everybody's seeking for that one person, but they don't want to see the couple together. Together. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like. When, they, when they're together, they're fighting. It's uh -huh. always like they're fighting and they're crazy and he's trying to control her and she's like, uh -huh. and oh my God, they're so hot. They're so passionate. They're fighting. And it makes no sense. And then... And these are all cartoons. We're talking about cartoon stereotypes. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and But then I was reading an article and, and watching some videos on it. And it was saying like, yeah, how and why are you going to categorize at least the women, uh, all Latino women, to say they are all exotic and sexy and they are crazy and wild when all women are different and you're talking about latinos which are made up more than 30 plus countries yeah so how can you categorize all of them under this one definition and then i was reading in another article that is said um in every def definition of exotic you might find they all refer to places animals plants or things calling women exotic reduces us to something strange, animalistic, savage. It reduces, reduces us to less than human. 
is dehumanizing. We are not things, furthermore, exoticism is something that is applied to women for their looks only. You don't hear someone being called exotic because they act a certain way. So basically what's trying to say that calling a Latina woman exotic or sexy is not a compliment. Um, it's just trying to say that because you look different than all the other women here, you are exotic and that's it. Right, so it's not a compliment, it's like a category. Exactly. It's like putting you in a category instead of a compliment. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw, I was looking up stuff for this conversation and I saw an article that was talking about, the title was the problem of the Latina sex symbol in Hollywood and it had Sofia Vergara as the main mm-hmm. photo and then it, under there they had the Devious Maid girls mm-hmm. and you know it talks about how Latinas Latinas spe- specifically Latinas are in uh, depict there was a there was some sort of survey done some sort of like uh, research and that they found that um, they were the most exploited in in tv and and film right in the numbers the report found that 36.1 percent of latina characters were depicted as sexualized in sexualized attire um more than any of the other of course you know races or subdivisions or whatever Mm -hmm. so you know that's a big percentage and that out of those um they were saying 37.5% of the Latina characters were depicted partially or fully naked compared to the other right. categories, which was 31 for 31% for white women, 23% for black women, Asian women was 18%, right. and other races were 21%. So the biggest share of the females being per- per- portrayed this way mm-hmm. as sexual objects were Latinas. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, maybe this is like a maybe this was okay. Maybe this was okay when it was one or two characters on TV doing this, but when it becomes a stereotype that now that's all they want to see of a Latina is exactly. that that spicy, hot, half naked or fully naked sexual creature. That you know, if if they're writing a story and they say, well, we need to so so Tom breaks up with Susan. And then he goes out and meets a woman at a bar. Let's make her Latina. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like things like that where they use them as, you know, or the woman. The woman goes on vacation. Right. You know, she's getting away from her husband. She has had enough with that husband. And who does she find? A Latina. Jose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And already by I say Jose, it's like you already mm-hmm. hear the guitars playing and all this shit. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. Yeah. And And maybe it's okay if it's one or two. Because you would be like, ah, ha, ha, that's funny. But when it's all, all the majority of it, then yeah. you're kind of like, damn, what's the problem here? What's going on? Now, for myself, I don't, I know that I, there's been some, sometimes in my lifetime that I've, I've felt like I've been, I've been in a certain company of people that I've realized that I'm being kind of talked to like some sort of Latin, right? you know, yeah, yeah. guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like. The Latin guy, and they're they're assuming that you know, especially in a in a group of women, that I'm the Latin guy that knows how to do the dancing and knows how to do the romancing and knows how to do the guitars and uh-huh. and this that and the other. And you know, it wasn't anything wrong. I'm not saying this is my Me Too moment. I'm not like I wasn't I wasn't offended, but I did feel it, and it did feel a, I. If it came to my consciousness, it's because yeah. I was feeling a little awkward about it. Of course. It. And, I, and it was like, wow, okay, so so this is a real thing. People do 
people who are not Spanish that I might meet will might they might have that in their head, you know these assumptions. Um, yeah. Um, it's if it was like that for me, I imagine Latina women are feeling it all the time. Yeah. Because if I came across that feeling in my lifetime, and I'm not, for anybody who doesn't know me personally, I'm not six foot five, you know, <laughs> tall, dark, and handsome with muscles and all that. But you are handsome. But but I'm not the guy that just gets stopped in the street. No, no. You no. know, people are not falling over to talk to me. So right. so if if at some point in my lifetime, a few times, I have felt that. You know, from and I would say in a company of American women that that are like, you know, they, they just want to play into the stereotype and talk to me as if I'm part of that stereotype. You know, I, I can imagine what Latina women must feel in that kind of company if they're surrounded by American men, mm-hmm. you know, that that they might get played into like that. And, and they might start making jokes and be like, oh, the little hot tamale, the little hot this right. and the little hot that. And I can imagine that if you might play along with it until you realize, oh, shit, I'm trapped in this thing now. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I do, they're not going to see me any other way. Mm-hmm. I might as well just get out of this conversation because it's not, they're not going to see me in any other way. Right. That is, that is the only way they see me in this conversation. Yeah. And I think that's, that could be a problem. It, it's not the end of the world, but it's an obstacle and it could be a problem. And, and it's something to, a reason for us to have a conversation about right. this, right? I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I work on I work in retail, and more now that I've been working in a men's department for oh, forget about it. <laughs> a year now, um, I, I actually didn't notice this until I started working in a men's department. I work in shoes and suits, so I obviously have to help them. And I don't know, they start with the, oh, you speak Spanish. Oh, where are you from? Oh, um, and all this, and I'm like, well... And I'm very serious when I'm working because I'm not here to be your friend. I'm just here to give you your shoes, buy them, goodbye, that's it. And so I've, I've felt it and I feel like it's very uncomfortable because I understand that maybe you just want to be friendly, but you have to understand I'm here to work and I don't want to be friendly with you because I don't know you, you're a stranger. And it's just... It's so obvious that it's just because I look different because they don't know how to, they don't have a definition for me right away. So they're trying to get to that point, but I don't care that you don't have a definition for me. <laughs> why, why are you asking me these things? Yeah. And then it's the same thing. Like you start to feel a little bit uncomfortable because you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? I just keep working and doing what I have to do. But it is it is a little bit... Uh, it's not that easy. Yeah. Um, is there some truth to it? And where does this probably come from? Why are, why are Latinos and Latinas seen as like, you know, the, the, the center of this romantic story for the American culture? You right. Know? Where, where is this coming from that they imagine... Latino, oh, romantic or romance is Latino. Even in we've seen it even in Bollywood movies, in yeah. other cultures, like in Bollywood movies, when they have a romantic scene, they'll flip to a Spanish. All of a sudden, they'll have Spanish music playing, <laughs> and you're like, "What the fuck?" I'm watching an Indian movie this it's whole time. True. It's been Bollywood, yeah. and then all of a sudden, because there's a romantic scene about something, and they want to introduce the Casanova character, they bring on the Spanish music. It's true. Same thing in Asian movies. Asian movies also, like, they'll have something going on, and all of a sudden, because they want to make a little joke about something being romantic or, mm-hmm. or sexy or whatever, bring on the, the mambo yeah. music or whatever. 
Yeah. Sex in the City. Sex in the City had the, yeah, the Latin yeah, yeah. theme song mm-hmm. in the beginning. And mm-hmm. it was like, I remember the first time I saw it and I saw the Latin theme song that turned me off completely. Right. I remember the first time that I was introduced to that. And, and I remember when it was hot at the time, the show, that women around me were like, oh, Sex in the City and this and the other and blah, blah, blah. And I, when, when I first finally got to see like, an, a, like a beginning and the intro with it, I was like, oh, they're into that stereotype. Mm-hmm. They're into that like sex and latina and this and hot and t- exactly romantic yeah and yeah yeah sweep me away and yeah and yeah, no, all crazy craziness too. take me away from my boring american life uh-huh you know what i mean uh-huh. take then that maybe that goes into that definition that we found on wikipedia about escapism you know right romanticism yeah. but um i mean there there okay so there is some truth to the fact that we in the latin culture we we um, we nurture romance. Yeah, we try and, to, and right? it's very like an ideal. Is is uh, idealized? Yes. Um, love, whatever is love, whatever is companionship, um, couples, friendship. But that's the thing. Like it's not just couples. I feel like it's friendship. Is family it's more than just love towards your partner right it's love towards the community more than yeah yeah so there's some of that there's some sort of there's a certain amount of um i think also another part of the romanticism in latino culture that maybe people misinterpret Mm -hmm. into romanticism like sexual Mm -hmm. um is this the escapism the the dreamer mentality yeah um we definitely nurture uh spontaneity and um instinct over education unfortunately and and things that are scientific like we we do tend to nurture that that almost almost in an in in the modern times it's it could be a negative but we Mm -hmm. tend tend to nurture this like Oh no! Do it with your instincts. Do it with your passion. Do yeah, it do with your... what you feel. Like. Yeah, and that's part of romanticism versus classic classicalism. Mm-hmm. Classicalism is more science mm-hmm. and and fu- foundation based, while romanticism is more uh, do it with your intuition. Yeah, you know, do it with your passion. Do it with your with your with your, from your instincts. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I, mean, I mean, we nurture that, and also like we say hello with a kiss and <laughs> we hug each other because you never know when you're gonna see them again yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, we greet each other like i haven't seen you in 50 years exactly <laughs> and i say goodbye like i'll never know if i'm gonna see you again like the end of a love song <laughs> i might not see you again so give me a hug exactly. <laughs> bring it in bring it in <laughs> but i think and you see it a lot of, in movies when they portrayed a latino latino they always do this exaggerate thing that when they are saying hello to a stranger they go straight and give them a kiss and say hello like that and it's not like that like yeah it's not that they also exaggerate our culture cost- yeah, customs yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah and that's how the stereotypes comes up yeah yeah it's true it's true um i mean on the side of eroticism because we were talking about that earlier mm-hmm. um i shit man it really bothers me that there's all these categories in, in porn 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's like, <laughs> I I've I've actually I've seen documentaries on this stuff, and I'm just like, porn is like one of the last places where racism is okay. Right. Like it's acceptable to call out people by their race. Right. And to to use stereotypes and all these things. Yeah. And and that's another place where like Latin Latinas are really exploited like yeah. badly. You yeah. know, because it's you know, I mean other races as well, but but you know, if we're talking about Latinos right now, like that's that's a place where it's really exaggerated. And you have to look a certain way. And, yeah, and, and the, if the, you don't the stories that they play and the and the, the mix and matching of, of uh, people and Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. But, um, all right. But, yeah, so across the board, from romance, eroticism, everything, yes, there's a lot of bad stereotypes out there. Mm-hmm. It does come from some sort of foundation. It, start, it started in our own countries. I remember when I was back in Puerto Rico when I was younger, there was a show that it was called No Te Duermas or Don't Fall Asleep. And it was usually at 10 p.m. And the guy, it was a guy, and he had... A, the show right and and usually he'll had different girls and in the summer the girls will be in bikinis yeah. in bikinis but yeah. what with g-strings and everything that's, that's and everybody will be yep. looking at them and blah blah, blah <laughs> talking about them then on the regular time he still will have girls with like super super short skirts showing the their booty and showing or all, all the the body so i feel like it start in our own countries because that's the way women are seen in our countries and obviously that's the way then they're seen here and the women that come here they play into that stereotype and that's why it becomes a bigger thing yeah yeah Yeah. and like i said i mean maybe in moderation maybe a little bit here a little bit there you, you wouldn't notice it but because it's gotten so major that's why there's so many articles and things about it um, in American culture, like growing up, I remember Charro. Charro. Charro was like Charro yeah. was like a big cartoon of the Latina. Right. Uh, Cuchi She would come out and be like Cuchi Cuchi. She would play guitar and dance and talk and hug everybody and kiss everybody and talk all crazy. Mm-hmm. Now Sofia Vergara is another example of yeah. that. Um, I mean, as far as like, as far as like Latina sex symbols, you know, right? I think right now the one that is going to be forever a sex symbol is going to be j-lo mm-hmm. who even if her music isn't that great she has ups and downs she'll have a hit then it'll go away then it'll come back then it'll go away like she'll have her time periods yeah but every time she comes out people say she looks flawless yeah. every time she comes out people say you know whether it was 20 years ago or now people are like god damn like yeah. she looks great yeah and that's incredible. And even more now because now she's forty something and she still looks like she's yeah. twenty. I think we're all wait- waiting to see the day that she yeah. hits the wall, and then we're gonna be like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm gonna be curious how she handles that because mm-hmm. that's that's part of her claim to fame is that she's mm-hmm. the the a I don't know if she's exotic. She's just the beauty, the Latina beauty. Yeah, she's like um, you know I like, wouldn't I don't know if I would describe her as exotic. She plays no. exotic. She. Per- she plays into trying to be exotic because she does the makeup and the the wardrobe to be exotic. Yeah. Um, but I feel like she is goals. That's what we call <laughs> goals. And more, but 
But you see, that set like a bar to Latina women and more Latina young women to say, no, by the age of 40, I have to look like J-Lo because if I don't look like J-Lo, then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't well, know. Well, I mean, there's something to that. There's the, uh, the Latin fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? There's something there that is a stereotype that when you look around, there is a lot of us that look really young for our ages. Yeah, true. So, I don't know. But, all right. And then Latino men, as far as uh, sex symbols... I mean, yeah, I, uh, I, I've seen, like, Latino men seen as they're, like, the prince or the guy that always, that he's very good. He's a very good man. <laughs> like, he's always giving or, you know? Yeah. Like, something like that. That's like a, That's a good stereotype. That's not a bad stereotype. No, but... <laughs> Out of all the stereotypes, that's actually a decent one. Yeah. What about actors, though? Well, we have Gael Garcia Bernal, which he has been, I think... He's Mexican, right? He's Mexican. Yeah. And he has been in movies like The Motorcycle Diaries and others. I feel like he always plays the noble Latino. N noble, but also... Not noble, but like hippie, too. Yeah. Like hippie, free spirit. The free spirit, yeah. Type of Latino, which everybody loves, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel him. And then Antonio Banderas. He's always played the stereotypical El Zorro. Casanova. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What more? What, 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 what do you want more than Zorro? Exactly. Yeah. And then he, he was also in... Sama Hayek was in that? She was in the show, I think. I think so. Uh, he was also in Spy Kids, right? Mm. Antonio Banderas? Yes. He was the dad. Yeah, yeah. He was in Spy Kids, yeah. And he was kind of like the perfect dad also. Like the perfect dad, perfect husband in that movie. Yeah. Spy Kids. But uh, but yeah, he's played the... He's Antonio Banderas always plays the yeah. freaking hot-tempered, the typical cliche latino role and he's always with his accent and with everything. his accent everything. Yeah, and, yeah. and even he's an actor he should be able to drop the accent exactly and <laughs> even um in shrek they put him in the cats in boots puss in boots puts in boots that's right and he plays puss in boots that's a stereotype of the a... character is all like flirty and his accent and yeah. everything his his um, personality is yeah. very spanish uh, yeah. casanova yeah that's what it is it's that cartoon yeah It's that cartoon. And then Javier Bardem. That's right, yeah. He he has an odd look. Yeah, he looks crazy. He, he looks odd, but... Um, stands out for me is that movie Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Oh, yeah. That is with Javier Bardem, Penelope Cruz, and Scarlett Johansson. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole love triangle with Javier Bardem being the typical Spanish guy... And he's like an artist. Yeah. And yeah. he's passionate and he has this ex. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. The, the ex the ex wife. Or yeah, like that. yeah, that they live and she's together crazy. or something like that. And that's that's the cliche right there. Uh -huh. Vicky everybody go see it if you haven't seen it. Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Watch that movie. She's Spanish. He's Spanish. He's free spirit. She's crazy. And then and he then, has then, a new girlfriend. And then Penelope Cruz and Scarlett Johansson jump into that world and Yeah. They're, they're, they 
they hit a wall with this uh, Latin stereotype. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, guys. I guess uh, Latinos are sexy, and that's all that is to it, huh? No, <laughs> <laughs> no I mean Latin culture is is uh, it's attached to romanticism, and yeah, I guess it's just a matter of managing it so it doesn't get out of control, right? Exactly, and then just don't generalize. Wanted me to teach you, right? Hablando español, Carla. Hablando español. How do you say romance? Ooh, that's tricky. Romance could be. Puede ser romántico o romántico. No sé. Romance. Romance is romance. And Ro it's written the same way. Romance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Romance and then romántico is romantic. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it's Move on to the next okay. word. Okay. Romantic. You always do this. You say a word and you give me a variation on the word instead of just giving me a new word. Romantic. <laughs> Romantico. Carla, don't be okay. a spicy hot Latina. Please relax. <laughs> uh, how do you say couple? Couple, pareja. Yes. How do you say romanticism? Romanticismo. Oh, wow. See, I got that. Oh, congrats. I got that. Okay, how do you say ballads? Ooh, ballads. Ballads are... Baladas? No. Yeah. All right, what's the next word? Okay, how do you say dream? Dream. Ooh, sueño. Yes. Yeah. Just sueño contigo. What? Uh, how do you say love story? Love story is... Cuento de amor. Oh, historia de amor. Historia de amor. All right, got you. How do you say erotic? Erotic is erotico. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> How do you say halago? Halago. What? Halago. What's halago? Compliment. Alago is compliment? I didn't know the word in Spanish. Yeah. I didn't even know what... I never even heard that word. There's another word for it, but... Alago is a compliment. Alagar. Alago, alagar. Yes. Wow, I've never heard that word before in my life. Alago. I guess nobody's ever given me an alago. <laughs> so, alago is compliment. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say exotic? Exotic is... Exotico. Exotico. Yeah. All right. Exotic. Exotico. And then how do you say, I guess, sex symbol? And that's my last one. Sex symbol? I don't know. Algo. Yeah, it's a literal translation. How do you say it? Símbolo sexual. Símbolo sexual. But do people use that in the way we use it here in English media. In English media, we use sex symbol constantly. Top 10 sex symbols, the sex symbol of the year, sex symbol set, like you hear that phrase used in newspapers, TV, online, everywhere, mm -hmm. sex symbol. Do you guys, in Spanish language? Is... Sometimes it's used, yeah, to describe the same way, like a person that is a sex, uh, un simbolo sexual, un... yeah. 
they use that symbol sexual yeah because i feel like that sounds more sexual than it does in english i mean because it depends who uses it like they're not using it blandly like in english right like yeah, in for english, special it, locations it <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> in english it's used like sex symbol is used like you know like house yeah like the uh, it's a handsome man or a handsome woman is a sex symbol Mm -hmm. instead of like no you're literally saying a symbol of sexuality of sex exactly <laughs> but when you say it in Spanish it sounds like whoa whoa <laughs> it's too much un símbolo de sexual it's like an mm -hmm. icon of sexuality mm -hmm. yeah alright well you learned something you know just one more point yeah it's funny how we were talking about how Latin culture and sexuality or romance in latin culture well the language we do the hablando espanol section yeah a lot of times in the hablando espanol section section i realize how some words that are spelled the same mm -hmm. but pronounced with the spanish accent suddenly have a more romantic or fluid element to it that's true and that's another thing that maybe ties this whole episode together to here at the end with the hablando espanol is that Um, the language yeah. the Latin language being a romance language we forgot to mention romance language exactly um, yeah the, the shape of your mouth when you speak yeah. the way you pronounce your words the way the words roll off w one word off the next off the next mm -hmm. the consonants are soft mm -hmm. and uh, then the... it's more vowel based it's more you know Uh, there's a more of a, of a melody, a sing, a sing to it. That's what I was going to say. Um, mm -hmm. That English doesn't have. English tends mm -hmm. to be harsher. Mm -hmm. um, I guess because it comes more from a Germanic background yeah. than yeah. a Latin background. So I guess that's another element that un it's a positive and it's a negative. But, exactly. But it's a truth that if you're going to carry along the, the Latin culture with the Romance languages, it's tied into Romantic thoughts yes all right all right another episode in the bag that's right <laughs> um all right next episode is episode 29 drawing spirits uh in art life i'm going to talk about the elements of drawing and how do they relate to life and on culture talk we're going to be talking about spirituality and belief systems in Latino culture. And at the end, hablando español. See you guys next time.